What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. Okay, and we're back again with Nancy Jester and uh, Mike Davis. Let's uh, continue talking with them. And uh, and Nancy, you were just telling Mike what a good job he was doing as the former mayor. I, I was. He was I, mayor, right? Well, right. I think one of the things, you know, I can't just hire anybody, right? Of I've course. got and and first of all, my thing too is I. I I, I, I need somebody that brings, you know, additional skill sets. I need a smart person, somebody that um, um, is going to work just as hard. Uh, somebody you can walk to their house if something bad happens. <laughs> there you go. Well, I mean, a bodyguard. Somebody I'm going to work well with too. Have you know? But I want to add, and every day, and I tell I tell Mike this, and uh, um, the other employee that works with us, uh, Jeff Long, that look, you're here every day. Ask yourself, do you add value to the, the uh, citizens of DeKalb County? Because if you say no, then you got to go, right? So it's very simple. Every day we have to add value. And Mike does that uh, every single day. Um, and I'm very proud of the work he does. But what I was uh, saying before we went on air is that Mike was, uh, and, and still is this day, a great ambassador for the city of Dunwoody. And I think w- the when people look back on his time as mayor, what I think they'll see is a um, city council functioning very well internally, doing um, you know the business of government that that is what they're supposed to do. And Mike, um, very much an outward-facing mayor, having um, relationships with the other cities, the other mayors, the county itself, and um, the development community. So he just was really good at being the ambassador of Dunwoody to all these different groups, which is that adds value every day to the citizens of Dunwoody. It did when he was mayor, uh, for sure, because that is who all these different groups saw their, you know, they saw Mike and, and they saw how hard, he, how hard he worked. He would visit businesses constantly, you know, always looking for opportunities for, you know, what's good for Dunwoody, how can we get this group here, that group here, let's talk about this, let's talk about that. So I think that that that's the hallmark of, of what he did, and, and he did it quite well. And so the reputation, I think, of Dunwoody and the relationships Dunwoody had really, you know, it was so important to have him as mayor because he really developed those, I think, over time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and again, he's continuing to add value to the citizens uh, now for all of DeKalb, especially all of District 1, because... He is now working for me. And Mike, do you want yeah, to argue awesome. any of that? <laughs> yeah, no, come I, I, on, Mike. What do you I have was, to say, I was Mike? Making notes to, to to come up with something to argue on. <laughs> yeah, the funny thing is, Nancy always tells people that you know, unlike all the other districts in DeKalb County, District One is represented by a commissioner and a yeah, mayor. We have a, yeah. we have yeah we have a district mayor. That's what and, I say. <laughs> and you know, and and the the fun thing for me is that you know. I, 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 I when I when I stepped down from being mayor, I retired. I was on my way to about 175 rounds of golf that year, <laughs> and um, and Nancy calls me up and asks me to come. Took him away from all that. <laughs> yeah. Took me away from all that. <laughs> Nancy calls me up and asked me to step back in, and 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 when we came up with an agreement that worked for both of us, I um, I, I I still had relationships with all the people that I had dealt with when I was mayor, and it was uh, it was just a continuation. And the reality is, it was the exact same people that I dealt with before, the exact same kinds of problems, and it was just a matter of getting the right people in the right place to to solve the problems. But um, and you know, and, and you got to you know learn about the 
all the other places in DeKalb that weren't you weren't as familiar with. So that that's yeah. actually been a lot of fun. It's been interesting to see you go out and and Mike has taken that on. Uh, well, now he knows it all, but um, but, but when he but when he's all. he does know it all. But when he started, you know, well, let me go over here. I haven't seen this place. So and he would go and investigate all these things. It's a little different so, than Dunwoody, probably. In some yeah. of the, well, it really is, and it you know, and, and it just says to me, this is why Dunwoody wanted to become a city. So because different. the rea- you know when Nancy first started fighting um, slum and blight, which is rampant throughout parts of DeKalb County. Oh, they fought it. They didn't no, like they, that. No, <laughs> they were not happy that she was bringing this to light. And, you know, know, if you don't say it, it's not there, yeah, right? If not I didn't, happening. right. And we would talk about these things, and I would say, you know, there's no way on earth that we would allow you know this, this, this any of these things to exist in Dunwoody. The citizens would have, you know, they, they would have, they would have hung us. If any of these things were going on, and so we we actually went after these issues, and there's 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 condominium complexes and apartment complexes that that have just fallen on hard times. And it's third world type. It really stuff. is. I mean, yeah, and 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 it's sad too because the victims of DeKalb not doing the job, like Mike was saying, Dunwoody would never allow this. The, the are are really. Um, predominantly middle-class African-American homeowners in areas where, you know, they've done everything. They raise their family, they maintain their homes, and the county allowed blight to, um, you know, prevail in some of these places, and they did nothing about it. Which destroys property values for the people that are actually following the rules. So my attitude when I was mayor was, how do I get that chief executive to want to locate his corporate headquarters in my city and then his executives will want to live here. And you know, they don't all have to live in Dunwoody, but I want the majority of them to. And, 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 and you have to make sure your, your streets look good. You have to make sure your community looks good. You have to make it look so that when the CEO walks through your community, he can see himself living here. And the reality is when you have these, these, these what used to be hotels turning into just, just this side of a homeless shelter, and you expect an executive to, to place his business right next to that. And, and, and that's the problem is you, you have to stop these things before they get to the point where you're chasing off legitimate business and destroying the property values of all the homeowners that are actually following the rules. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So if you, you know, you want economic development in an area, you've got to, I think the role of, okay, what's the role of government? It's to create the necessary and sufficient conditions where uh, these types of activities uh, happen and people want them to happen. And one of my sort of pet projects <laughs> has been if you drive from Decatur, and, and Mike, um, I think Mike and Jeff, they go around the, every once a week. They take At a big. At least once a week. We, we go on our, uh, our, our, our SS Minnow our, tour, our tour, three hour tour. They tour. And, they, and <laughs> they, they add value because they find things, they, they actively, proactively look for things that we need to work on, right? Whether it's collaboratively with our fellow commissioners or if it's something we can do. Um, and I'm proud of that. And in fact, just the other day between meetings we we went on a little uh sojourn and uh did some things but so the um if you drive from our offices in city of decatur and you um decatur's lovely everyone knows that right so you go down candler road it's lovely um then once you cross over memorial drive it's a total change and you go from you know, and it's neighborhoods there, I get that, and then now you're going into more commercial section, but there's a huge change. And if you take um, Candler and, and you go down, then you'll cross over I-20, and right in that area, there's so many problems, and oddly enough, the South Precinct, the police precinct is right there too, so you would think it might be 
nicer. Scare away a little bit. Of right, it. right, right. But but it no, probably does scare away a little bit. Of it. Right, yeah. but that's how that's how where we'd be right, if it wasn't right. there. And I took an inventory at one point. I think this is before Mike um, came on of how many. Um, different types of businesses you really wouldn't want were on that portion of Candler after Memorial Drive. So because that is direct, that is a, um, that is something the commission had to approve. If you have a pawn shop, if you have a tire automobile place, if you have um, a fast food with a drive-through, all of these things require special land use permits. So this, uh, the commissioner for that area, you know, can float that can up or down that you uh if they don't want it it won't happen if they approve it then it can go in well so you have all these um businesses i mean so i categorized them you know into all these things that we could have affected so you had like 10 pawn shops and 10 all these things you're like no this is this is not good and and every one of those is an individual decision by the commission specifically the uh, the commissioner for that area to allow that to happen well of course you're going to get degradation of that environment and and over time it it really you know that and that one bothers me because right there Candler and I-20 if you look at it on a map if you look at its proximity right there to 285 you drive a little down to a hot area it should be hot right and you go this way and you're in Atlanta it's easy to get for right over here city of Decatur which is hot why isn't that area just boom to me Candler and I-20 should be on I mean, we it should be competing with Dunwoody in the perfect world, right? Like, oh, that would be a great location for us to build mm-hmm. our corporate headquarters. Now, the reality is it's not competing at all, right? And so um, this is an issue. Uh, so we've been we've been working on that. And I when we, when I started working, no people just didn't want to acknowledge it. They were they fussed at me, Nancy. Don't do that. That's not nice, Nancy. Don't don't air our dirty. Stay in your own district. Yeah, stay in your own district. And we and we we made the presidential hotel a big issue. And we can talk about that, which is in District One. Um, but you know they they didn't want to um, they didn't want to talk about it and oh man I had all kinds of you know um, conflicts with folks but now it everybody's we've got to deal with blight and yeah, we passed blight resolutions and we're all kinds of aggressive and and we've passed we have a blight court now we have a blight yeah. court now there's a blight court yes like a, yes like a yes. judge judy type court you gotcha it. yeah that's yeah it. Who's, who's the judge well well there's different ones it's a, a sub a subdivision of the magistrate court and they um have dedicated times they deal only with these blight issues and it's a huge improvement. So we can, and and now the prosecutors through the solicitor's office and our code enforcement and the judges, everybody's on the same page now, okay? Everybody knows, look, we got a problem. It's got to be fixed. So don't, you know, just give people a little smack on the hand. We got, for, for the first time ever, when I said the Creekside thing, we got um, an owner, a negligent owner of an apartment community we, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, ta- <laughs> I'm tapping the ta- I'm tapping the <laughs> yeah. table out there for everybody. Yes, yeah, so we don't we don't need it's that a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a done what you think. Okay, we're so, not at City Hall here. We don't. Have yeah, that. there you go. Well, okay. So, but we for the first time we got um, a bench warrant for the arrest of an owner, a three hundred thousand dollar bench warrant for the arrest of an owner who was not maintaining his property, and it was causing all kinds of problems, and. You know, I would go down and see this place, and you know, you had kids living in this environment. The bus would stop and let the kids. It was just terrible. So that's getting cleaned up, and and the county is acknowledged, and the um, the commissioners all have acknowledged. Yeah, okay, you're right. We got to deal with this. So we're and making. This was all Nancy because this, well, this was I, not oh, being discussed it before. Wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't, and no one, um, you know, no people just didn't want to talk about it. And they were. I did get a lot of 
hostility back at me for even bringing it up. And now everybody's on the same page. So, <laughs> you know, you, you sometimes you just have to go from point A to B. You might have to have that conflict. You got to go through the conflict so you can have the resolution. Otherwise, well, you're never going to do it. If you can clean it up, it seems like Mike's the guy that, you know, from what I've read, you brought in the State Farm. Or you had a lot to do with State Farm and Mercedes. and Yeah, it was exciting to have that happen. All of that was your time. That was definitely, yeah, State Farm was You know, but, but to, to Nancy's point on, 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 on Blight, while she was getting pushback, we threw a guy in, j- in jail for 30 days who was a, a, just a small house developer that wasn't, you know, we warned him, we warned him again, we warned him again. Then we, then we gave him 30 days with uh, 24 hours in jail, and he had to come back the next Monday with a solution, and he basically didn't come back, so he spent the next 30 days in jail. And, and, Don't and I'll tell mess you what, with Mike yeah. Davis. I'll tell you what, that <laughs> spread throughout the development community very, very fast. Heard, huh? You know, when Dunwoody actually put somebody in jail for this. Did they let you suit up, like, you know, put a little bulletproof vest on and like, you You're know. You're a big guy, I mean. Yeah, <laughs> like your back of the line to knock down the door. No, they, 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 they were. They were protecting me. I hope they at least let you watch the arrest. But or we something. tore down a few houses, and 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 DeCab hadn't torn down a house in in, in in generations, and we tore down three houses in Dunwoody while I was mayor. Now and we it, do. And now we, we, do. Do now. we do. We do now. now. We do now. But, <laughs> but it, it takes a long time to go from deciding that there's a problem here and you're destroying your property values around there to actually getting a house torn down. It takes a while. I hope everybody double check the address. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be. Yeah. That's happened. I, I remember. I'm yeah, I, that. Oh, yes. no knock permits and done. Yeah. <laughs> once you set a precedent, it's easier the next time. Right. Once you do it once, and just like with Nancy, once you, once you get everyone talking about blight, all of a sudden now it's it's the it's, hot issue. Yeah. Right. What do you tear down houses for? Because they're unsafe or because they're crack houses? Or? Usually something happened to the family and. Um, and either they didn't have insurance or, but basically the house was, was caving in on itself. Mm. And so it was one house, it, it had been hit by, by a big storm and the family had gone into some sort of dysfunction. And the, the owner was now living in, in Savannah and we sent our code guy all the way to Savannah to issue a, um, a warrant. Like a boss. Like a boss. <laughs> and, um, Thank, you, fun Tom, trip for thank you, Tom LaPena, yeah. who is our road guy. And he, not that he minded going out to Savannah for a week. But, uh, but anyhow, we, um, we, we, we ended up taking it to court and had to go through about a year and a half worth of steps to finally get it torn down. But you have to do it. You have to do it. And she was holding out for a huge mo- amount. It was a nice house, or it had been a nice house. And it was they, they were holding out for six hundred thousand dollars for this piece of property, and it ended up selling for two seventy. Somebody came in, tore it all down, built a magnificent house on it, and the house sold recently for I think nine hundred, over in your neighborhood. So all she had to do was that. I mean, just sell it for or right. whatever. Try to well, she wanted the big money, and you, she wasn't going to get it because the you know one half of it the roof was caving in, and and now you know after all these years you had uh, you had you had rats and stuff living in it you it's, had mold you market. had all sorts of problems <laughs> and it wasn't something that was fixable it was only had to be torn down, torn down yeah. Yeah. just like the rest of the front of your neighborhood all, <laughs> yeah we just that's all, all we builds yeah. just tear them down it's exactly what and your neighborhood you know and and, uh, and everything uh, you know south of Womack the older stuff that was built in the 60s mm-hmm. is is this is a desirable place to live and if i can buy you know, a house down the street for, for three fifty, tear it down and, and build myself a nine hundred thousand dollar house, I'll do it. It's amazing too in um 
the in Brookhaven, all the the tear down rebuild. Oh, that is right. just and they're just that Linwood area. Yeah. Wow, they're just yes, that much yes, older than amazing. Dunwoody. Yeah, and it's, so it's just a matter of time for us. Yeah. How, how do we get a rooftop bar in uh, Dunwoody? Change well depends oh, oh, on where in Dunwoody you want to do it, but uh, you got to change well, the uh, overlay anywhere. But, but what we really want is the village. The village. Oh, well, right, really I want. agree with you. Well, you know, we thing. keep we keep talking about yeah. slides are next. Yes, here we go. Here <laughs> go. Well, okay, so you know, we had that that pizzeria place that was supposed to go in that where the old car wash was at the right. Mount Vernon, Mount thing. Vernon right. and that's not the footprint on that isn't big, right? So not for parking, right? Well, and you know, there's parking around. Like if you parked over in the village and walked over, it's a it's and it's walkable for a lot of neighborhoods, right? You know, you can walk down the street. Um, but I think to make it doable for anybody, you have to be a little bit vertical on that one, right? You have to let them go up a little bit. And I was like, oh, we need a rooftop. We need a rooftop bar where you can have music, right? You yes, know, that yes. kind of thing. And, and people can walk and, you know, and, and, and I know the parking isn't great, but there's a lot of parking around there that isn't utilized, say, at night and stuff or even fully utilized during the day. So I think parking wouldn't be as bad as you know, maybe people think it, it would be, but I just, and I know that would require changes and I'm not on the city council for Dunwoody. I can't tell them what to do, but I think, but what I think is missing and, and maybe y'all know better than me, we, we need that ambassador, right? Going mm. out. To, what, what are people doing in the city to go out and pull in that vision? Because I will say this, one of the things that this is just my observations about the different cities. And like we said, um, you know, previously, every city has its own flavor. They're the distinct personalities. And it's really cool. So I will say um, Shambly has been absolutely, they have stuck to a vision of their city. I love it. With, with, with absolute just relentless pursuit of that vision. Even when, when the downturn happened, you know, that Whole Foods area, some people, they had some other offers for some things that were not really in keeping with their vision. And they were this close, you know, to taking like some sort of a tire center or something yeah. there. And they were, and, and the mayor and the county were like, nope, we're not doing it. This is not our vision. We will just wait. We will Instead, be patient. they made the biggest deal in and Atlanta the, history. Right, right, right. So they have this, you know. Largest sale. Right. And so they, you know, made, um, by, by staying true to their vision and really aggressively pursuing it, um, great things are happening. I think that piece of property there and that whole... I think we need the city to be more in the political leadership and maybe they're doing it and I don't know. So I don't, you know, I, I don't know what I don't know on this one, but I'm thinking some, that particular property is going to require somebody saying, Hey, come here, let me show you something. I got an idea. Let's talk about this. The city needs to kind of, to make some, bring some people to the table. Maybe that won't work. Maybe it won't happen. Maybe there's, I don't know, but I just think that would be a great location, but it needs the ambassador approach, right? You see what I'm saying? We started a podcast because of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that why you started your... Oh, I didn't know that. That's the only thing we're trying to do is we just want one rooftop bar. Yeah. Oh, are, rooftop you, are you I closing up you. when you do that? Is that well, it? Well, we'll move on. <laughs> see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. We're getting close on the slides, too. Okay, so. there you go. Well, I just think so, yeah. I yeah. Think. But it takes one person. Eric Clarkson, the mayor of Shambly, is the guy that... He took a lot of heat during the he downturn. Did. He did. When people were saying, we've got to do something because the city coffers are getting low. And we'll take anything we can get. And Eric says, no, we're going to wait until the you know until it comes back, and then we'll get what we want. 
And um, and he has battle scars from that. He, yeah, yeah he, absolutely. He, he got beat up pretty pretty seriously around the head and shoulders, and but he stood up, stood his ground, and he and and now everyone realizes he was right. <laughs> and right. and this is how you win. You got to you got to fight the fight, and have a vision. And, you know, I, I don't know what the vision is right now other than, you know, this is the overlay district that was approved back in 1971. And, you know, <laughs> that was a know, great year, Mike. Yeah, it was a great year. <laughs> well, uh, we, when we were talking to Starling and, and Mullen last week, somebody brought up Dunwoody. It's kind of like one big neighborhood, you know, and I think we all want to keep that. But we also want to make it a little bit cooler at the same time, incorporate well, I, some of those yeah. shambly things. Because shambly, yeah. I think they're going to yeah. have their problems. They're putting up apartment complexes right. like it ain't no thing. I mean, right. in which, which, 10 which years, those I would apartment not, yeah. complexes right. are not yeah. going to be great. And pretty. Dunwoody, you know, that was that was our reason for being right. in the first place, mm-hmm. to stop, you know, the you know, although the, 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 the horse was out of that barn by then, but at least that was our argument. So when I was mayor, we had we had dozens of, of organizations come to us with ideas of, of apartments. We said no to every one of them. And we continue to fight it. Um, Sa- See, Sandy Springs didn't have that yeah, same right. didn't have that same push. So they've you, they've they've they've, oh, they've had thousands of, yeah. of new apartments mm-hmm. in in Sandy Springs since they became a city. And now people are realizing, oh, maybe we've gone a little overboard yeah. because mm-hmm. traffic is just atrocious in many parts of Sandy Springs. Yeah, it's working for Shambly so far. I mean, I, yeah, I like but, going out to eat there. Yeah, no, but but I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I that that component part. That's not my preference, right? Mm-hmm. But again. Shambly's doing Shambly and you know but I think you're 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 spot on I agree with you about okay well what kind of um how do we keep the neighborhood how do we keep the 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 single family neighborhood sort of nature of Dunwoody but have some of these cool um you know amenities Mm -hmm. in and and I think something like that uh, like we were talking some sort of multi-level rooftop bar type thing there it suits a lot of people. You don't have to be a, a young, you know, family or a couple to enjoy that. Everybody can enjoy that, right? And, and that, so, the Dunwoody Green is going to be real cool, like that, in the Georgetown area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, can, the new, we can yeah, walk mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm. And, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think you know there are some things going on, but you do. I, I do think specific little things like that. It takes a vision. It takes an ambassador. You do. You know, I think that quality mm-hmm. is something that people need to think about and and it's it's that's not that quality is not always public either because you don't it's not about going to ribbon cuttings and taking pictures of look I'm here at this great event it's it's the shoe leather work right it's the talking to people behind the scenes and getting them to vision with you and put their money on the line with something like that so that would be and the problem is you know we have the the, the demographic stir- surveys tell all the investors that Dunwood is the place to be mm-hmm. and so what happens Hickory House ends up being a bank, <laughs> and and the property sells for twice what any restaurateur could, yeah. could have made made it work with. So I was told that's by great a bunch for Dunwoody. of Dunwoody. I mean, take what you can get, but they, there's got to well, be. Well, I'm not sure how you you know you, you can't just take value from the owner of the property, and they want to maximize the value. And the Hickory House guy sold it to a, a, a restaurant company in Texas who realized they overpaid. And sold it to SunTrust, who was more than willing to pay more than anybody else. They made money off it, right? That's well, I, you know, and, and, and so the restaurant company held on her for a little while, and they made a ton of money. And and now the the new number for an acre in Dunwoody is three million, and nobody in the restaurant business can possibly make that work. 
And I don't know how you fix it other than what we did at Dunwoody Green down there in Georgetown, where our development authority actually owns that property. Mm-hmm. And they now, why were, is that different? So the Dunwoody owns that, right? We bought, we bought that, that property the term, at the right? bottom of the market. That was the pipe farm. The grub, is that what grub? was the pipe farm right there um, at, at North Shalliford and Shambly Dunwoody, where John Whelan is building all the houses. And we held on to a couple of acres there with the, with the opportunity to turn that into um, into something really cool, and it will be. But the key was that we bought the property at the bottom of the market. We didn't want to be in the land investment business, so as soon as we bought it, we turned it over, we took bids, and John Wheeland ended up getting the bid. And the, the whole idea was to hold on to a big chunk of property, so Pernishaw Park came out of that. So we basically made that entire transaction happen at no cost to the city because John Wheeland now has, is building houses and is buying all that property from the city. We held on to that big chunk of property, Pernishaw Park, which wasn't there before, and we have we now own the property where that, that commercial area is going to go right next to uh, John Wheeland. And when you own it, then too, so they can, you have more control over what, it, you know, come show us a proposal about what you can do, and then exactly. the city and gets we can to pick. pick, and pick. And oh, you want a rooftop bar? All yeah. right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right, yeah. Whereas, you know, this, we don't have enough money in the city of Dunwoody to go out and buy, you know, a $3 million one-acre piece of property. That, you know, that would pretty much clean us out pretty quickly to buy a couple of those. When you were buying that property, did you think about going from Brook Run on a greenway all the way yes. to the mall? Yes. That was thought out? Mm-hmm. Brilliant. I love it. That's some visioning right there. Yeah, we started building those trails, and and, and we had a lot of pushback building the trails in Brook Run. Mm. Chambly has a, that's a big push for them, too, the extensive trail um, network. That's why we bought our house here. It's because of Brook Run. There you go. Thank you. Um, We can walk there. So, you know, we we, we saw what we had in Brook Run. We saw what we had over in, 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 in the perimeter area, and how do we get there? And it means going through Georgetown. And so each time we would sell some property, for instance, those townhomes that are, that are, there's two sets of townhomes in Georgetown right behind Kroger being built. We made sure that we saved out a 12-foot strip to build our trail. And we still haven't figured out how we're going to get from Pernishaw Park to Ravinia, but we, we're planning, the, the city is planning on building a, a bridge over Nancy Creek just for pedestrians, no cars. And now we just have to figure out how to get down through the rest of Georgetown to connect all that. Well, Nancy, do you have any money for us on that one? <laughs> is, there, is there perhaps an old bond laying around? It's funny you should um, remember that and, and, and bring that up. Yeah, so... I'm just guessing. I pre-show no notes. Good yeah. job, wow. <laughs> Well done. Well done. So um, a lot of people will recall, uh, prior to Dunwoody forming a city, um, the county had uh, some various bond issuances, actually. But uh, in 2006... There were actually two of them. There was 2006. There's another one, too. 2001 also. Okay, yes, that's right. So there's actually some for both of those. Not very much from 2001. But anyway, so these bond issuances were voted on by the public. So we took them out, and they were for various things, mostly, though, for parks and green space acquisition and development. And so Dunwoody's, just like everybody else in Unincorporated, has the um, ability um, to utilize those funds to um, acquire green space and and, uh, and improve it. And um, so there's not tons left. Each district had their own allocation of money. So when I came on board the commission, there's some money left over in those uh, park bond funds uh, so that, you know, the cities can, can access them too because they weren't you know, they were in on it. We're all paying for that still. Uh, so 
uh, I do, and in fact, I have um, given money from that, uh, and that, that's what we call award courtesy events. So if, if uh, a particular commissioner wants to spend park bond fund money somewhere, all they have to do is say, I want to do that, and then we pass an agenda item to do so. There's not really a debate on it. Each commissioner has the authority to do that. So we've got money sitting there, um, and we can allocate it uh, to Dunwoody or Brookhaven, and we did to Brookhaven. We bought um, a property for Brookhaven to expand Murphy Candler uh, Park. So uh, they bought an old um, adjacent home. I think they've taken that down, and um, that's part of Murphy Candler now. So um, that was about $300,000 purchase. So uh, who has to ask? Yeah, so the city um, would just need to come to me, or, or you know, the, uh, Dunwoody could come, Brookhaven come again, Shambly, Tucker, anybody can come and ask uh, to utilize. Would it be uh, the parks uh, department? Or? Well, any, you know, um, however that city wants to work it out. I mean, if, if they want to have the staff approach me with a, a specific idea, Brookhaven had a specific idea. The mayor first met with me, um, talked about the idea, and asked me if it was something I could support and financially back, and I said, yes, it is. Uh, so we had it in contact agreement and then they got uh, the specifics to me later with through their staff and so you know we could do it that way um, can or I draw out plans right now for this bridge? <laughs> he's gonna do slides there's gonna, be, a slide. there's there's gonna be slides you got it or got a zip it. line how about a zip line oh, across luckily this is radio so. yeah. yeah that'd be so awesome but <laughs> Give me a piece of paper yeah, so, well you know and it's um, I've got to make decisions on how to allocate it yeah. you know across across the district for the best um, use of it and in fact we um, we've uh, had a good chunk of change uh, spent in Henderson uh, Park over in the Tucker area. Yeah, uh, that's a large park, kind of like their Brook Run, if yeah, you will. Yeah, it's about the same so, size. Yeah, and um, so we, we had a, um, some great improvements there. They have a really active citizens group over there that basically came to me with great ideas and how they wanted to spend it and Tucker's doing a good job too they're doing a great job I'm, I'm very they have um, I mean again they're different they have a different flavor than Dunwoody but their their parks their friends of parks uh, groups that they have for the various ones are very passionate about um, these improvements so uh, we've done that also we have a little money um, that we can spend uh, to improve parks based on the sale of some parkland in district one that uh, over in the Pleasantdale area we sold part of Pleasantdale Park to the school system because they're redoing the school uh, and so we have a few hundred thousand dollars from that uh, that we can utilize uh, for parks in district one do you know what's going on with the, I think it was an old ESOL school. It's kind of across from Dunwoody Green. I think right now it's a, a roller skating group or a roller derby group. Yeah, the old uh, Shambly Middle old, School. Right, that's yeah. what it was. Shallowbrook yeah. Elementary. Future interview and, right there. Shambly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, um, that is still owned by the uh, county school system. Okay. Um, they, they tore down at, 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 at our insistence when I was uh, the mayor that building that was now rat infested yeah, and causing all sorts of problems for that neighborhood right behind there. But they kept the gym open and they, they rent that out to, I think it's a baseball or a softball league for training pitchers and batters and stuff like that. So they've got just that one gym left there. That belongs to the school system and Dunwoody has made a few um, inquiries on buying it. And the school system likes to hold on to properties to use as trades and, and, and kind of money that's sitting there or value that's sitting there that they can use at some future date when they have to build another school. So uh, right now that belongs to them, and that's um, that's it. It's not being that's used for anything. It's a big property, though. I it's mean, nine acres. Nine acres. That's a mm -hmm. lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking about schools, mm -hmm. is there any way that Dunwoody's going to get its own school system? 
mean, well, we're talking a, about how different yeah, that's it is a very big question cap. so yeah so i'm um a big fan of um, allowing new school districts to form in the state of georgia um, the fact is um, we have a constitutional prohibition on that unlike other states by the way and we can i can give you some data on that um, so basically the last writing of the Constitution, which was in 1986, by the way, FYI, um, note to everyone out there, we have the youngest Constitution in the U.S. and the most amended Constitution in the U.S. We've, so we've, uh, we do it all the time, amend the Constitution constantly. But constitutionally, um, it says we have 159 county school districts and 21 city school districts for a total of 180 school districts in the um, state, and it says there shall be no more um, independent school districts and so what that no more um, city school districts or you know whatever so so that's what we have and so to uh, generally speaking people have thought that okay well so to get a new school district we have to amend the Constitution and that's the first you know front approach right so amend the Constitution, then people would have to say, okay, and then you'd have a referendum, do you want to start a school district? That has not been a successful approach so far uh, because it's, um, it's a big lift to get, you have to get a supermajority basically in the uh, House to say, yeah, we'll put a, a ballot initiative, and then the whole state would get to vote on it. The entire state would vote on, do we amend the Constitution to allow new independent school districts or not? And then the whole state would you know, that again, most of the state isn't interested in starting their own school district, right? They're happy with what they have. This would be more of a uh, an Atlanta issue. And because I don't think Dunwoody would be the only one interested in it. I think there, you'd, you'd see some other interests. Um, and, and maybe as other places grow, you'd even see it go out further. I think, I think Gwinnett and Cobb wouldn't be far behind based on you know, the politics that I see at play in those uh, areas. Gwinnett's so big. I mean, there's different it's, sections. It's so. very big, and I think eventually um, you're going to see um, a lot of what has gone on historically in DeKalb, I think, will start to happen in Gwinnett as far as the way the school the history of their school district, what will mm -hmm. happen. Um, be a little bit different, but I think it'll be very similar um, to what we've seen here. Um, so anyway, so it's a big lift, right, to get the Constitution amended, how do you get all these people across the state interested in it? You know, what? why would they care? You know, uh, in fact, most of them, based on the way the politics, you know, is around the state, it would probably be against it, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's a big lift, and that's what every everyone has worked on. Um, I actually have spoken with um, some constitutional attorneys, and just trying to think of some other ways that we could get um, – get this type of thing going without having to amend the Constitution? Are there, are there things we could do? Um, you know, we came up with some, some other possibilities, uh, but um, so far nobody, you know, the, the city government itself has not taken a bite and said, yeah, let's go pursue that. And one thing I'd like to s just point out how unusual it is. Um, other states create and dissolve school districts, right? They don't have to be the same it's very unusual you'd have this constitutional prohibition on it. In fact, um, I compare it to the state of Texas, right? So they have a lot more school districts per capita, if you will, than we do. And um, so we have one school district for every 9,000-ish um, kids, right? They have one school district for every 4,000-ish kids. So, mm -hmm. so that's kind of interesting. Now, do they have big mega districts too? Yeah, they do. But, they, but here's the thing, too. So the state says... You will accomplish this school district, 
from an academic perspective. You will, these are the sets of things you will do. And you will accomplish this fiscally because they have um, a huge transparency and reporting in uh, government that they have different uh, constitutional offices at the state level too. They have the comptroller of the state of Texas and that's an elected position, it's a very powerful position. They have a weak governor position, unlike we have a strong governor position. Mm -hmm. So um, this comptroller had a lot of power and over time you had this lady, um, she served three tours as the comptroller, Susan Combs, and she put together an amazing array of reporting uh, for every governmental entity, including school districts in the state. So they have some of the best transparent um, and robust reporting uh, to the people and up to the state from these local municipalities and counties and school districts. So they have to accomplish, they have to have, you know, this kind of financial um, success you know with with how they're spending uh, their money in education and they have to have these academic successes and if they don't they don't get money well what happens is this the school the the department of education um in the state of texas will say okay you know you, you have a couple years right but then after a couple years if this doesn't get fixed they dissolve you your school district gets dissolved so you don't have you know failing in perpetuity uh, and so, and, and what they've only got four thousand kids, they can be split up. Well, well, yeah, well, right. I mean, so you have a lot more um, entities, right? And again, you have some mega entities. Don't get me wrong, right? But, but if they were failing, they would shut them down, and you know, you, you, new districts could form, and they would sort of apportion off the pieces to the neighboring districts mm -hmm. uh, that were successful, uh, and they would um, take them over. And everybody they, gets homeschooled. Right. Well, and yeah. they well, and they do this every every year. There's somebody they shut down every year. Every year, there's you know, it's not like well, this has never happened. They do, and new school districts form as you know, I like that as I mean, organically as they're it, not doing well. Well, it kind of it's like a you know, oddly you know, government's not big on market forces, right? But if you think about it, it's kind of like um, quasi marketplace here. Right. If you don't meet certain things, you know, certain requirements. You, you don't get to do that. You don't get to fail in perpetuity. And I, um, I have said before, and I will repeat here, in Georgia, I think the State Department of Education has tacitly and explicitly the following motto, we subsidize failure. Because no matter what you do, they are still going to send you the state funding. I mean, it doesn't matter what you do. If every kid in DeKalb County <laughs> failed every test and what, what you know, I, I asked the question, would you still send the state funding for education yeah yeah I mean there's no, nobody stops sending the check right and I'm like okay at what point are you gonna say well somebody's got to be responsible here you know and what obviously you know their education is difficult and and but if you look and if you look at the um, successes Texas has had and places that have a more what I call the guardrails up at the state and the state has teeth and they really affect what's going on at the local level because you can you can only do so much before you hit the guardrail and then you 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 know you've got to behave and they're they are so much more successful than than we are if you look at all the the NAEP testing um, all the all the metrics that you see get put out nationally about states and they move in the right direction too we don't always we we go up and down to, you know we don't have real um, big increases. So, so yeah, I'm a big fan of having an independent school district because we also do know this, and I will say there's a lot of ev evidence and study out there about 
the impact of the size of a school district on student outcome, and it's really big, right? Um, Ohio, is it Wisconsin. Meaning the larger the schools, the worse they do? No, no, no I'm talking about the around. district itself. Gotcha. The district itself, and there is data on the size of schools and success too, but the district, there is at, there's, um, there have been studies, I think there's been like nine or 10 different states that have contemplated studying the size of districts. And it turns out, this is kind of interesting, um, the, you know, you, you, there are some economies of scale, right? I get that. So if you have, you know, some of the rural counties in Georgia, you have a several hundred students. Well, obviously, the overhead per student is high, right? Because so, so obviously, your cost per student is going to decrease as you increase enrollment. But it turns out there is sort of a, um, a, a place at the, where it minimizes, and that is in a school district between, say, like 2,000 to 10,000 kids. Then cost per pupil after about 10,000 kids starts rising again. And that's counterintuitive because you think, well, but it turns out these bureaucracies get so cumbersome with education and so crazy that then the cost per pupil rises. And so, between, you know, so you're not getting, but after 10,000, there's no economy of scale, right? Just not. And so, and then you also see achievement. We know this through all these studies that achievement is maximized sort of in that two to 10,000 range too. You get better overall achievement. And it actually works, it's actually very true for uh, minority students in those smaller districts. So um, I would be in favor of saying, okay, if people so choose by vote, we can, you know, once your district gets over 10,000, you can choose to make sub-districts or, you know, something like that. Because we know that minimizes um, the, you know, what you have to spend from the taxpayer's perspective. I mean, that you get the best bang for your buck. And it also maximizes achievement. Seems like a no-brainer, right? So why aren't we talking about it? Well, that's an interesting story all into itself. And then we do know, back to your point about the size of schools, there are absolutely optimal sizes of schools. There's optimal school district size based on studies, and there are optimal, um, once you get over 1,000 kids in a school, it, um, there, all, all kinds of metrics that are negative come up. Um, you have um, more violent incidents. So, you know, when we talk about um, the, the recent gun, you know, shootings in schools and stuff, I think one of the outcomes from that would, should be, okay, well, let's talk about how do we incentivize and from the state level, because the state has an interest in public schools, right? They fund 50% of a budget for any school district comes from the state funding. Uh, they could say, um, we, you know, we need to go in this direction. We're not going, you know, we're going to basically incentivize through the way we fund high schools no larger than a thousand because we know you violent incidences go down. Um, you go over it, they go up, and that makes sense, right? I mean, kids can fall between the cracks when no, it's like so large. Down the hallway. Right. I mean, you don't. You know. I mean, it just makes sense. So people don't get the attention they need. They don't get the counseling they need. They don't. You know, there's nobody that owns them getting through this process. If there's 2,000 kids, 3,000 kids in a high school, that just, you know, it starts to fall apart. Um, so I, I do think we should look at those things from an educational um, policy perspective. We're not. We don't have anybody championing that now. I haven't, um, you know, we used to have the movement here with the glass group to form the school district, the small school district, but that seems to have sort of fallen by the wayside. I don't see very, very much activity with that. I have, um, back to what I said earlier, I have talked with some folks about different ways to crack that nut open. Um, 
I think, so the Constitution reads, there shall be no more independent school districts, right? So I thought, well, why don't we come up with an animal and try to create it by legislative fiat, essentially from the, the state legislature, called a dependent school district, right? Um, or a unified school. There's different types of school districts all across the United States. And so a dependent school district could be one where you don't have an independent board run it. It would actually be dependent on, say, um, appointment by city council or something, right? So it'd be dependent, and there would be, and you could construct it that way. Well, there's nothing in the Constitution that says you can't do that. It doesn't say that. It says independent. There you go. That's, you a, know? that's your loophole. Well, that's one. You know, and, and so I've, um, you well, know. Don't call it a school at all. You can, there's just things you could do, you know. I mean, I just think there's things you could do, but people have to want to do it and be creatively thinking about it. Um, the, the, you know, the city council would have to sort of engage that, and they've seemed reticent to engage on this issue at this time. What about your husband? Does he kind of stay out of that? I mean, once you're on the board, it's kind of um, frowned upon to look at <laughs> making a new board. <laughs> well, okay, no, I don't think, I mean, I, I would, I don't speak for him, right? He's his own elected official. Um, but I would say um, that he and I are pretty much in agreement with all the things I've said. I mean, he knows the data. Uh, and at the end, I think it's helpful for every child in the school district if you know, we start talking and thinking about things that improve the quality of the educational lives of all of these children. Um, it's because what I say is not just true for the city of Dunwoody, but it's true for the entire district, okay? Um, if you look at, and one of the things I point to, so Lowndes County, down at the very bottom before you get to Florida, uh, Valdosta, Georgia, down there. So they have a Lowndes County and a Valdosta school district. Lowndes County um, is a predominantly white county school district. The city of Valdosta school district is predominantly black. Um, and if you look at, and it's smaller, so it's the right size, now, they don't have near the amount of money and wealth that the DeKalb County School District has, right? But if you look at the outcomes for those African-American children in that size school district with the resources they have, um, they outperform uh, what we do here for minority students in DeKalb County, right? So you've got a much less affluent school district with you know, some of the same issues that you're gonna have here in DeKalb County as far as um, you know, things that make it more challenging to educate uh, children, particularly in minority communities, and they're doing better than we are. So why is that? And why wouldn't we start looking at ways to, to, to do that, to bring that? So um, it's not just about Dunwoody. It's about educating every child in the best way we can because, you know, we're all going to pay the social costs later for kids that we fail in mm -hmm. school. So I think it behooves us. And I, I, think, I think Mr. Jester would agree with me. I hope he would, you know. So <laughs> I think he would. Well, we can be the, the guinea pigs. Yeah. Done yeah. Oh, absolutely. Show everybody else what can oh, be done. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just like, uh, you know, and, and Michael, t I mean, it's not, I support the cityhood movement like for Stonecrest because if they wanted to form, now, now they, it's on them. They have to be successful. Now, if they're not successful, that's on them. But um, that's a predominantly African American area now. They deserve to be able to form a city just like Dunwoody Absolutely. did. Absolutely, you know, yeah. and 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 vision for because that's a very different part of the county than other, you know. So they deserve the right to do that as well. And um, and I'm very excited, you know, I, when whenever I talk to any of their leaders, um, you talk to their mayor all the you, time. Yeah. Were mm -hmm. you part of that incorporation back in 08? 
Part of Dunwoody? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was very involved. We in were it. meeting with Ken on uh, Wednesday. Oh, oh. Ken. Oh, this Wednesday? Ken, right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ken headed up Citizens for Dunwoody, and I was on the board of Dunwoody Yes. Okay. And uh, according to some law, your your advocacy group that's, that's trying to tell people to vote for it has to be separate from your fact-finding research group. So Ken headed up the research side. I was on the sales side. You worked together. <laughs> we, oh, of course we did. We yeah. talked all the time. But you had to keep them separate and raising money differently and right. all that kind of stuff. So they raised money to get uh, Carl Vincent Institute to do its study where we raised money to put signs in yards. To influence the vote, right, yeah. Right, to influence mm-hmm. the vote. Mm-hmm. Dunway's big on signs and yards, that's for sure. We sure love those, yes. <laughs> yeah. yes I've got some in my yard right now. <laughs> it's that time of year. Just put them in your yeah. yard and not in the right of way. Yeah. That's yeah. all we yeah. ask. There, d- despite what some people think, there really is a sign ordinance, and we should... We should, we, yeah, yeah. We should well, have, mine currently is for the block party okay. for the neighborhood. Okay. There, there might yeah, be his one sign the, actually <laughs> is going to move into the oncoming traffic yeah, lane. Yeah, it's a, it's a roadblock that's going to be pushed over 10 feet. So. All right. Block party. He said block party. Mike. I love those. All right. That's the word of the day. Oh, well, uh, do we want to talk about dogs yeah, in Alaska? Yeah, okay. Oh, dogs are fun. Okay, I will tell you. Here's a little funny story. No dogs. dogs in Dunwoody. That's what you want, right? Oh. <laughs> Only golden doodles, right? <laughs> that's the, the official dog of Dunwoody, know, don't you know? It should be. I think I see more golden doodles than anything else. I've got one. So, well, there you go. You're, you're allowed to be into. I think yeah. that's a question that well, you have to fill out. When we moved here, I had to buy one. Yeah, it's a okay. it's a deed restriction, I think, <laughs> on your property. Well, I, I think it just has to be a poodle hybrid of something. Some plant, yeah. yeah. Well, so a non-shedding dog. Right. A non-shedding. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Hypoallergenic. <laughs> we call that. Well, I will just say. So when I was elected. Um, and I came on board December of 14, so really, you know, so all of 15, I sort of. Um, the very first group, that advocacy group that reached out to me, they were absolutely dying to meet with me, had to meet with me, was the, um, the, the animal advisory group for uh, DeKalb County. And this group has done a lot to elevate the, um, the humane treatment uh, of uh, dogs and cat, you know, animals that, that you find in, in DeKalb, you know, stray animals and so on, uh, reduced the uh, euthanasia rate. I mean, it was quite high when they started. And, I mean, you had almost no chance uh, of, of leaving the shelter. It was very bad to, we're technically a no-kill shelter now. So they've gone a long way in advocating uh, for their cause. They've been very effective. Probably, I think they are the most effective advocacy group. Other groups would learn well by just watching what they do, how they do it, and uh, if you have an issue you want to successfully navigate through DeKalb, look at the Animal Advisory Board. Yeah. So they reached out to me right away, and, and uh, I got to know them. And uh, they're very passionate about what they do. And again, they're very effective. We have a new shelter uh, because of their advocacy, really. Um, and it's in District 1. It's over in Shambly, Shambly now. Right, yeah. yeah, it's lovely. If you, ever, if you ever want to tour that, it's really nice. I've heard it's really nice. Yeah, it's, it's really Nancy nice. Nancy has gotten two dogs from that shelter <laughs> for her mom. Yeah. I have. That's right. My mom has companions from uh, from DeKalb Animal Shelter so it's it's certainly we have a soft spot for for that um, for that particular uh, aspect of government and the I will say that we have a private partner this is one of those things where we contract the service of running the shelter to um, a group called Lifeline and they do a fantastic job and they really are known for their um, you know, humane treatment of animals and their um, just robust ability to to partner with all the different uh, rescue groups and get dogs new homes so you don't have to you know um, euthanize dogs and 
they've just done great work, but particularly the, the Animal Advocacy Board. And so one of the big life lessons, when the animal people show up to your board meeting in red shirts, you just, just watch out. Covered in blood. And <laughs> <laughs> no. Fake blood. But no. that's the key yeah, is yeah. you want to form a group in DeKalb County, pick a color for your shirt. Pick a color oh, for oh, your oh, shirt oh, okay. and come in mass. Oh, they come in mass Ooh, and they, they are, they come and they are very passionate and, and, but they're informed. This is what I love about that group. That's why I think every group that wants to advocate for anything with any government should go get a master class from this group because they just, when we ask them to present to us, they do amazing oh, presentations. The slide presentation oh, we saw last week. It's the, best, was, it's the best we've ever had. By oh, far. Oh, they're still hitting you up. They, they, oh, they, they, they would never give up. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, the mission not accomplished then, I guess. It's a moving target. But, you know, they, <laughs> they, they eventually want zero dogs killed. Yeah. And I, I think when counties took over the dog catching business, it was catch and kill. That's, yeah. that, that, was their, yeah. that was their motto. And these groups have stepped in, and we're, we're what, 90%? Um, well, we're technically no kill, because no kill doesn't mean really zero. Yeah, you never because, get to zero. yeah, because you mean there are illnesses yeah. and so on. And, Rabies. Yeah. So, um, but they're technically, they have a certification as a no kill shelter, and they got the commission to buy into that vision that they had. Here's that vision again, right? Um, people with vision get things done in government if they pursue it relentlessly, and they did. So they got the commission to pass. A no-kill resolution so that we as a commission as a county have bought into that that's where they are um, and they've just really elevated the humane treatment of you know vulnerable animals in our community um, and they and they have such a great cross every um, commissioner appoints somebody to it it's a great cross-pollination of the whole of the county from every corner of the county um, onto this board they just do great work so I always like to herald them as they're like the quintessential group for yeah good yeah. powerpoints they have sarah mclaughlin music <laughs> playing throughout the well whole. they don't do that but they do they unabashedly um show you the cutest dogs and cat you know the every and i'm like wow you can't how do you compete with yeah. people showing yeah. you cute dogs i mean you can't yeah, start beat with that puppies yeah, yeah puppies puppies i keep thinking we need to do for when, when, when we need to raise money for charity we should get the animal people and the firefighters we should do a firefighter calendar holding puppies Right yeah, from nice. the don't you think? Yeah. See that would work. See, I would have figured, you know, another group that would have been loud in your ear would have been the uh, the lack of cutting down trees with all the parks. I all I hear about is trees going down. When, you know, people complaining about trees going down. Yeah. Well, so that's a Dunwoody specific issue. Yeah. Right just, now. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's very. Yeah. That's a that's a big issue. Um, for people. Well, Dunwoody yeah. does have a tree replacement policy where if a tree is cut down in a park, it has to be... Um, but it's a tiny tree, planted, you know? I know, but, you know, you, we're not going to bring in a 50-foot yeah, yeah. tree. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but the That'd nice thing is though. that, you know, yeah. the, the Brook Run Park especially is, you know, 50 years ago, that was a farm. That's why I'm not so, complaining, because I love that So, place. you know, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's, all pine, it's all basically three breeds of trees, pine trees, beech trees, and gum trees, and... and and so now we've, you know, with working with Trees Atlanta, have brought in like 27 different varieties oh, of other trees. Yeah. And, you know, when your kids are out there, when they're at your age, they're going to see these mature trees. And they're going to say, who thought of that? And they're not going to be stepping on gumballs. Exactly. Gumballs. And, and they're not going to catch and your, the answer your golden is doodle's hair. The pretty flowered <laughs> trees, yeah. 
Hey, I well, and I have to confess, I have a full poodle and a labradoodle, chocolate labradoodle. Yeah, so, yeah. So I, the best it's again, it's a deed restriction. You have yeah. to have one if you live yeah. here. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they're so awesome. Should we wrap it up? Yeah, that was, that, that was yeah, great, guys. Thanks, yeah, thanks appreciate for, you guys meeting with us. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll have to do it again. Anytime there's something you, you all want to talk about, just uh, oh, there's always little every things. Every week there's something to talk yeah. about. Yeah, that's true. Well, <laughs> is there anything y'all want to plug? Or you're, oh, what's coming? I love up? your YouTube channel. Your uh, yeah, so we do. Um, well, uh, the we, reports, right? The reports. Nancy yeah. Jester reports. Yeah, so we came up with that. So generally, after every meeting, and we meet every Tuesday. Um, if we have five Tuesdays in a month, we don't meet on the fifth. But anyway, so generally, every Tuesday from. 9 a.m. till who knows when we finish because we have meetings and we have committee meetings and meetings upon meetings. It's an so all-day event. It's an all-day event on Tuesdays. You, no, if golf. You, <laughs> no golf on Tuesdays. He cannot golf on Tuesdays. He FaceTimed it in. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, so Tuesday, it's all hands on deck. Um, and after, generally, we do a recap of the day, and I try to pick the uh, things that are of interest to District 1 in particular, but just letting everyone know what's going on with the county and any announcements. So we put those up on YouTube. We put them in our newsletter. And so if anybody wants to subscribe and to Facebook. Them, and Facebook, Twitter, we put it out there. So, well, you've already got yeah. them. Just put them on a podcast. Put them on a podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Mike, okay. what's the yeah. best place to golf around here? Well, I belong to Dunwoody Country Club, so I golf oh. there. Um, there you go. A hundred times a year. Yeah. And then. Um, and he's really good too. So. And then we try. <laughs> yeah. Don't. That's not how you make money. You got to make people think you're not. Oh. Good. <laughs> he's he's just terrible. Sorry. <laughs> That's right. I'm sorry. I, I, have you seen him putt? He can't. It never works. Yeah. Like Stevie Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, there's beautiful golf courses all over Metro Atlanta. And, uh, and but, but DCC is where it's at for you. DCC is a beautiful. It's, all the cool it's cats one of the, are there. It is. It is. It, it's cool guys there. But it's it's one of the best actual golf courses, I think, in Georgia. Cool. Wait, is this where the mayor meetings are? Yeah. On the golf course? That's where I have my meetings. Yeah. <laughs> I have been doing that for years. Yeah. That's where the as a matter of fact, uh, the, the old place. mayor, Ken Wright. Oh, we had a meeting there. Well, we had a meeting there recently with Ken. Maybe we should take a. Well, I'm going to tell him that you're going to. You can beat him. You said you. Can beat him. <laughs> Don't tell him that. Don't tell him that. Two hundred bucks. You, you know. <laughs> yeah, for hundred dollars, I'll show him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Thank you guys. Appreciate yes. it. It was our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.